0: all right guys welcome to another episode of breaking the glass ceiling your boy is back i know some of y'all miss me but i got something to tell y'all y'all ready if you driving make sure you put on a seat belt because i'm about to blow your ass away and uh, my special guest is too so i know a lot of y'all have been waiting so when's your next special guest well brother i read your mind i got somebody here is gonna drop some fire <laughs> i hope y'all ready man so i got here diego Bonce, hispanic brother from another mother. y'all know y'all know i'm big on on helping my brothers from another mother and, and collaborating. I feel like we need more Hispanic Latino entrepreneurs. So Diego, feel free to introduce yourself, man. Tell us about you and, and about your cool hair too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's up, guys? Awesome. So my name is Diego. I appreciate my man Azel for you know letting me jump on the podcast. So I'm out from Orange County. I run a brick and mortar fitness business that does over about eight hundred thousand dollars a year. I also run an agency that helps businesses launch. You know, from hundred k to like five hundred k, from five hundred k to a million dollars. So. Yeah, man, uh, I was a personal trainer, started a personal trainer at 18 years old, and I just, I guess I started really focusing more of the business side of things. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet somebody who was telling me like, yo, when are you going to stop working? How do you get out of personal training? And I just feel like a lot of people don't think about the end of their career, and I was just blessed enough to kind of have that mental framework installed in me at just 19 years old. So I'm 25 now, I don't work. I pretty much just kind of run things from afar, just kind of run plays, and uh, yeah, man, that's it.
0: I you have me on, mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You said something funny there. That's why I had like a, like a little smirk. You say I don't work no more. <laughs> but Pretty I much, that- I mean,
1: I'm completely out of fulfillment. I feel like right. a lot of people don't, a lot of people end up staying in fulfillment for their whole life. And it's sad, man. And yeah. it's just a matter of uh, what information they had access to. Anytime I see that it's simple. It's like, damn, he either didn't go look for that information or no one told him. And it's like, you know, it's unfortunate because you will be stuck in fulfillment if you don't figure it out.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. And talking about that, I feel like a lot of trainers suffer because of that, you know, they're they're yeah. knowledgeable on helping people, but they lack that, you know, that, that open mind, you know, and I feel like you, you said some on our first call, you said that, like, that's how you were when you started, like, you didn't have the open mind, you don't know where to go, or how to figure it out, man. So oh,
1: it makes sense. But yeah, think about it. Okay, uh, I actually had this thought, I had this talk with my barber, but for example, a barber, hairstylist, a personal trainer. The service is so personal that not only is it personal, but the industry itself is so saturated. Everyone's a trainer. Everyone's a barber now. And in order for you to even compete and keep customers right now, you have to be so good at what you're doing. So in the process of you being super convicted in the service that you're providing, you get so far in fulfillment that you don't have any time or any headspace to think about, okay, wait, I'm actually an employee. I'm an employee right now. And I have to be a boss after this clock is over, after I get off the shift. But no mm-hmm. one actually, everyone forgets they're still a boss running their own company as an independent contractor. And I feel like uh, that's the bottleneck, bro. It's a double-edged sword with a, a personal service. It's
0: hard to get out of. Yeah, for sure, man. A thousand percent. And I know we could get into strategy a lot. We could get into how we can help any trainer, right? I, I, mm-hmm. Truth be told, I mean, now you as a business owner, I feel like you can help anybody. But I feel like what a lot of people really suffer with is the mentality, right? The mindset of being able to stick to something for a long period of time until it works. Like I do feel to a certain extent, brother, that's a skill. Like being able to stick to something until you like break the ceiling and reach the next level. So I'm curious to really hear how you broke that ceiling because I know you experienced roadblocks, something I we all do as as hustlers, hustlers entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. What was one key moment or do you recall a moment in your journey where you said, damn, this is getting harder than I freaking thought and you just have to break your own glass ceiling?
1: Yeah, I feel like what happens is I feel like the longer you are in business or the longer I feel like there should be like a clock. And mm-hmm. every year, like what happened for me, I think after I was like probably five years in. I, I was a personal trainer. I ended up opening up the gym Uh, At 21. And I thought once I opened up my gym, my 5,000 square foot facility, I thought I was it. I thought I made it, you know, um, no cosign, just straight up my whole thing. Right. And then I quickly realized, like, at 23 years old, I was asking myself, like, yeah, like you just said, this shit is hard. Um, I got like 30K in overhead, just bills. Uh, I got a payroll to take care of and I guess uh, for me personally, I knew that like, I just didn't. This wasn't it, right? This wasn't it. Only profiting like 5000 a month, 10000 a month with all this overhead. And then uh, I actually went to a, uh, a convention center. I went to this event where it was all gym owners. It was pure gym owners. You couldn't go to it unless you had an LLC, EIN that's connected to a gym, a facility, a brick and mortar est- uh, establishment. And when I went over there, it was in Miami. You probably heard of it. It's called GymCon
0: yeah i've heard of it of i went to
1: gym con and i just wanted to get it because i feel like everyone that I had i had met around me i was the guy right and that's a problem when you haven't even made a million dollars that you don't want to be the guy if you haven't made a million dollars yet right that's a very dangerous mindset so i thought i was good you know so when i went and got inside this room where i literally was probably the most poor person in that room because i had the opportunity to sit at a certain table where they called these the uh the gym the gym lords right where they uh each gym lord was making like like 50,0 000 a month. It was crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh I just couldn't really wrap my head around it. So just being there, I never felt so poor before and it reset my thermostat. I realized that what I'm doing, it's not it. It's not it. There's a whole other side of wealth that I didn't even get even fat, you know, think of. And I think getting in that room, being at that table with those uh, and they were, yeah, they were like double my age, but it didn't matter. If you're you are arrogant or ignorant to say that if if you don't use the information that you had access to, that is your fault. Whether you're 35, 20, 21, it can happen when you're 15. It's just, you got to be able to consume it. Right. And I came back and I had a meeting with my team and this is like at 23 and everything changed. I'm 25 now. So for the last two years, uh, I just, I really took in the, uh, the idea of doing the work without the credit, who cares about the credit. And I guess, um, just having leverage. I really understood leverage. Um, I feel like when you're a personal trainer on the floor, you have zero leverage. Zero. Because any anytime uh, I make a move for my company, you know, it, it, four or five, six things happen. Rather than me being a personal trainer, it's just like one thing's happening. You're helping her lose more weight, you know? Yeah. So it's not as effective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's so powerful. You You said leverage. And I agree, man. I feel like, to a certain extent, trainers don't have leverage by, by working in person. So I, I feel oh. you. I feel you.
1: Yeah. Cool, man. And I feel like, but, good.
0: Yeah. So I definitely feel like for you, at least what I'm hearing, it sounds like really associating yourself with other gym owners and being able to see like, holy shit, these people aren't doing 10 times better than me. There's got to be a way. It sounds like that was the, the main ceiling breaker for you. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, for sure. But I think... uh It's just limited beliefs, bro. If you don't see it, if you don't come from it or you don't see, I grew up in a poor family. So, like even selling high ticket, bro, selling seven, eight thousand, ten thousand dollar packages, it's just something when when it first happened, it's just limited beliefs, bro. You just don't, it's the it's the uh it's the tax, it's the ignorance tax. You just don't know, right? Yeah, and that's why it's so important. I feel like the I feel like from the second that you become an entrepreneur. I feel like you have like five years. You're not going to touch any money, but you're an entrepreneur. You have five years. You shouldn't even be worried about income, worried about net profit. It doesn't even matter. because You're counting pennies, but pay down that ignorance tax for five years. Like just know you suck really bad when you get started. And for five years, you should be trying to just improve that sword, sharpen that sword. So after five years of just that fucking grit, you can cut through anything. That's where I feel like I'm at right now. Uh, I feel like I can like anything I need to take care of, bro the mental frameworks are there, the discipline of, like you said earlier, being able to delay gratification, work on something without immediate success. That's a big one, bro. Like, Because not everything's gonna pop. And for me, at least, that's how everyone, five years, you'll start making some real money.
0: Yeah, for sure, that's powerful. And I feel like to a certain extent, and I'm sure you see it all over social media, Everybody wants to get rich quick. I guess once (laughs) everybody saw the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, they all fucking thought that I could be just like this damn movie. And Uh to a certain extent, I mean, it can. But the possibility of that happening is very low. So I'm a big believer. And there's a famous quote that I say. I say, first you get the skills, then you'll get the revenue. And Mm -hmm. when a lot of these people begin, they got no skills. They suck at systems. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to sell. And it's funny because I get a lot of trainers nowadays. I'm sure you, you've heard this before. They're like, ah, bro, don't worry about it. I already know how to sell. All right. They get started on our program. I review the first sales call, bro. You suck like shit. You need yeah. a training, my friend. Or oh, they're like,
1: they're like, they're like blaming. They're they, like, well, oh, they didn't even show up. Like, that's part of the game, bro. What's your show rate? What's your show rate percentage, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Bro, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The their sales is like, bro, it's a whole, man, that's a whole other thing. But for sure, that is that you're so like, to add to what you just said, how you said you have to get the skills and then you get the revenue. It's almost like uh I have another quote that I like to really say is the work works on you more than you work on it. So mm-hmm. in those five years that you're working on whatever it is you're working on, you're actually building yourself up. Cause like I actually think I believe that your skill set is directly correlated with your income. Directly. Mm-hmm. If you know how to do coding and you know how to you know get if you know, if you know how to get more people customers and you know how to teach people how to close, you're gonna have money for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you just know how to teach people how to lose 10 pounds, you're not going to have that much money. You know, because a lot of people can do that.
0: You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And, and that's why it's so important to be like different nowadays and, and know how to stand out. And that's the thing that I see with not just trainers, but also business owners. Cause I know that's what you focus on as well. Now is that a lot of them are, are so generic when it comes down to their marketing, they're doing the same thing doing old school marketing. And I don't really see them breaking that glass ceiling anytime soon. So when it comes down to marketing, especially, Maybe possibly when you were opening up your gym, was there a certain type of marketing moves that you felt made a drastic shift in your business? So that's
1: actually a big deal. So check this out. Marketing, man. Oh, my God. OK, so in the beginning of your career, you're not going to be able to afford ad spend. That's number one. That, that ad spend is very expensive. I understand that. OK, but in the beginning, I guess when I first got started, my first year of business, like I had to look at the market, what are people charging? I had to, I had to go, I had to go under everyone's price, I had to cut under everyone's price just for a year. And I guess what you can do, your form of marketing in the beginning can be you're gonna have to charge less and do more. Like you're just gonna have to be a cheaper option and a better option. That way, after maybe 12 months, you build a good reputation and you're gonna get a bunch of referrals because you're cheap. But then you have the second level, which is like, okay, now I need to increase my price. And when you increase your prices, the value should have been there so you can keep like maybe half of those people because the other half is going to quit. Um, So for example, if you're the personal trainer and you have, you're, you know, I, I've i heard some prices like, I know some trainers are charging like 300 a month. It's fucking crazy. Personal training, right? Yeah. And uh, when you go to 600 a month, they're going to lose half your clients, which is fine because the think that's called market fit. Let them go find $300 a month programs, right? So for marketing, I feel like there's a couple ways you can play. There's, hey, you, uh, there's a there's a client that you really have who's well who you, you've done a lot of good work with. Let her know if she brings a friend, she can get half off. That's one way to do it. Um, affiliation, having like a, a client referral system, is really good in my opinion. The second thing would be affiliation. So if you are the personal trainer out there and you don't have money for Aspen, which most of you guys most of you guys don't have money for Aspen, I would go to if you're a man and you train men, go find five barbers and give them it give them a hundred dollar gift certificate to give them to their clients when they get a haircut. That's what you call an affiliation program. You can go find other people who have the same clients as you do. Most guys who get a haircut are most guys who care about how they look, right? They always have a fade. They wanna be in shape probably too. If you're a a guy who trains women, go find hairstylists or a massage therapist. People who have the same clients is another way to do it. So already that's two pipelines. You have a client referral uh, pipeline. You have a uh, affiliation pipeline. And then if you can, then if you can't afford ads and you can't afford to run like advertisers through Facebook, connect that to your CRM, that right there, in my opinion, and having a good offer in the market, you'll never run out of clients ever again,
0: for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that's very, very powerful. That was interesting. You said it, given every barber or every single one of your clients like an $100, like, Yeah, so that's to give you guys a little bit
1: more idea, uh, more to give you more of an idea on that one. So I have about 10 salon artists from my gym, right? There's ten salon artists that every client that's in my gym. here, There has to be a return, though. Check this out. So every salon artist that we work with, we had made we made them gift cards for their business, right? So what we do is on our customers, we have like 200 customers. When we get when the client um completes her fifth workout, we give her a hundred dollar gift certificate to her business. So what you do is you make like a win win situation. Right. Mm -hmm. You just gave each other an acquisition system, but it has to be a fair exchange. And I also give one hundred dollars to every salon artist who sends somebody over and signs up. Mm -hmm. There has to be a reason why they do it. So every time a hair salon artist thinks about my business, they're like, I can get paid. But you have to understand, yeah, I give her one hundred dollars, but we make about six, seven thousand each customer in a year. So it's a no brainer.
0: It's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. oh that's very powerful to me i see it as like you're growing internally and i feel like a lot of people don't really grow internally they're always trying to do old school marketing or do different type of marketing that to me is outdated so i like that it's like a referral system in a way which is which is genius
1: that's one of the cheapest ways if you don't have money for ad spend because for me like i put like about like six thousand a month into my ad spend but if you don't have money for that which most people don't then uh, that's one of the fast things you can do. Tell your clients to bring someone. If your clients bring, I had half my gym at one point. I uh, made a so if they brought one client, they get fifty percent off. If they brought two clients, they get a free month. If you, I had a gym, though, if you're a personal trainer, you can't really do it like that. You, maybe you can do like maybe twenty dollars off, whatever. But I had the gym bring like I, like literally like I doubled my gym, and uh, that was one way to do it. If the value's there, if your product sucks, your product sucks. Nothing you can do, right? Yeah, for sure. But, uh, client referral is a big one. And uh, I think the affiliation program, if, if you guys haven't read a hundred million dollar leads, you need to go read that book.
0: Yep. I think every entrepreneur should read it, man.
1: That's like, that's yeah. like the Bible for entrepreneurs.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Facts, man. Facts. That's interesting. Cause that's something that, you know, we've put into place that as soon as we sign somebody up, we immediately tell them about like our, our referral program that we have. And it's interesting. Every win that they have, like our coaches design inside of our program and tell them Congratulations, man! That's awesome. How does it feel like your first client? And I still recall the first day I got my first client, bro.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. Man, it just felt better than my first middle middle school kiss I ever got, man. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I think, it, it yeah, one hundred percent. But that was awesome. <laughs> I remember that too, man. That's crazy. Yeah, man. shoot. I I recall. I remember going to my to the kitchen. I was living with my mom still because I was nineteen. And I was like, Ma, we're going to be rich. I remember telling her that. <laughs>
1: that's awesome, bro. That's crazy. And You're doing no. pretty well. So that's cool, man. Do you have any brothers yeah. or sisters? Do you have any
0: siblings? Uh, so I do, man. I actually live with my two brothers. We all live together. Okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a house of masculine energy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so
1: that's, but that kind of probably keeps each other yeah. going,
0: you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, my brother is actually my business partner. So we're 50-50 on, on this. That's, business
1: that's crazy. Business. Um, Actually, I had a gym with my brother. See, it's like two ways it can go. But I had a gym with my brother, and it ended up not working out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my second gym. Yeah, this is my second gym. I had my first gym when I was 19, 20, 20. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. you, man. You just and that like one you was didn't. just, that one was bad, bro. It was not good. Like, do oh, yeah. not mix emotions with business at all. Yeah. I see. What my you sister mean. works for me now. She works for my company that I have, the gym. But uh, I, I'm not a fulfillment. I'm not there. But um, you can do it. Like, It sounds like you guys have that fine line where you can kind of, you know, play it. But um, yeah. Once we started making, why? Well, so I give you guys some uh, a, a backstory. So the reason why things were so emotional is because my middle brother passed away, and that's why we opened up this whole gym. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it was me, my oldest brother, and my middle brother. Me and my middle brother were like a year and a half apart. My oldest brother, he's like four years older than me, and we were super, super tight. So when we got into when my brother passed away, I was 18 years old. That's why I started my whole career. P3 stands for my brother that passed away, right? Um, it anyways also sure when he passed away we were like we got to do something we can't just be trainers we got to do something for him right so we created P3 at first it was P3 strength camp that's what it was called the first company and uh you know bro like the first year of business especially brick and mortar bro you're going to get destroyed bro you have to be ready to get destroyed and we didn't think it was going to be what it was and you know once 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 funds are low you know wife can't get what she wants and then I'm 19 I'll have no money it was just it'll destroy a family you know So it made it even worse. We were trying to do something in honor of my brother that passed away. It ended up not working out. And I ended up leaving at 20 years old. I I was able to save up like, I think $40,000. I had about 10 grand from unemployment. Remember when the pandemic hit? I got 10 grand for because I had a gym. I got 10 grand of myself. And I I got 30 grand from training clients like capital. And I put 20 grand down to open up a gym. And I was left for like 20 grand left over. But then... By the way, guys, if you plan on opening up a brick and mortar business, there's a lot of unexpected unexpected expenses that come up. And I was I was at down at one point, I had like 500 dollars in my bank account. I got a payroll in a couple of days. So I feel like that shit right there, though, really like I never want to feel that again. And uh I made it happen. And but yeah, that's kind of why that I think that's why it got because I talked to my brother really, but we're really tight now, but um. I think that I think that might have been the reason why we were so emotional, bro, because that, that shit we went through. we were really young and we lost our brother. That was tough.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, man. That that sounds like a tough time, but I also feel like it made you who you are today, man. You know, yeah. I feel like God does things for a reason, man. So I think now you're you're a freaking killer because of what happened. You
1: know? Yeah, no, that was it. Definitely made me. Uh, I guess you say kind of cold, but rather than saying cold, I like to say uh, just unemotional, especially yeah. in business, bro. It's just it's just subtracting names. Reports, or subtract the name and get reports. Don't worry about who it is. Just get reports.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's powerful. It's interesting. It brings me to a quote that I got. I, I went to Vegas once with that first client I ever signed up. We were close buddies, right? And he's a multimillionaire doing e-commerce. So he invites me to his parties and stuff. So I got invited to Vegas. And there's a, a friend of his that said, you know, I used to tell him, oh, you know, you, you know, trust but verify. That's the thing that we used to say, trust but verify. And he said, you know what? The game's changed, brother. He says, now you don't just, and I know it sounds awful, but now as a business owner, you just verify. Screw the trust part. Yeah. Uh, you just verify so that they true. got the job done. Well, I've never
1: heard that before. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's amazing. That's a great quote. That's actually, because
0: yeah. you're right, bro. Because trust will get you hurt. Trust will get you hurt. Yeah, that's true, man. And I used to say that, especially in my first years of business. Oh yeah, you know, I trust you, but I just want to verify I did the work right. But then once I heard it from him specifically, and he's also like an eight figure entrepreneur, he said, you know yeah. so." It's interesting that you say that. I used to say that myself, but now don't trust, just verify.
1: Yeah, bro. Like uh like our employees. So, like we're in the middle of hiring for our other business right now, but I don't even want to meet the employees. I don't, I don't care. I'm not supposed to even know who they are. Cause once you start getting tied in with the well, if, if it's if there's too uh Patrick Bet David said this, and it was really good. If there's too much commodity in a business, you can't possibly have the same discipline as you should as a business owner. You're just not. Um, your manager can not be locked in with the employees. Like you can to a certain extent, you know, you don't want too much commodity within the business because then you can't keep each other accountable. It gets awkward, you know? So I think building a, if you could build a culture with the right amount of like professionalism in there, but at the same time, letting people kind of free their mind and, and really be themselves and really actual like who they are, but at the same time, meeting that standard. I feel like that's what we have right now for our current business, our brick and mortar business, is that uh, everybody can be themselves and everybody's opinion matters. We let everybody speak. Regardless whether you're on the floor or whether you're a manager, everyone is a part of the business. Everyone is a part of the football team. We need the receivers. We need the linemen. Everybody has to make a play or something's going to be off, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And and it's it's the truth that a lot of people got to face is that you're going to probably gain some feelings when you're training these people, when you're trying to scale to a certain level.
1: But that quote
0: sure. that really changed the game for me. It's like, damn, it's like that moment. I remember flying back in the airplane and I was like, <laughs> I got to make some changes. And I still remember. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So crazy. but I actually have a question for you. So your online business, <laughs> is it just a one man team? You have, a, I'm sure you have like a CPA and all that. But are you the one that does the recruiting and you like you, they get to work with you directly?
0: Uh. So at this point, no. So I, I've been big on separating myself from doing a lot of the coaching and the fulfillment yeah. Uh, really stepping more towards being more strategic with like our marketing, with the selling. We're actually a team of six now. So it's me, uh, my brother, we're 50-50. But, you know, I realized that we have certain strengths. My strength is selling and marketing and being the face, right? He's more of like, I don't want to be the face, but I'm a yeah, numbers guy. So yeah, You need those guys. You
1: need, need them. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's a numbers guy for sure. <clears throat> he looks at like how much we spend and what's our budget. That's awesome. Uh, he's unemotional as F i can be attaching sometimes he's the type of guy that he's like no i'm gonna tell this guy the truth and then for some reason people love that because they love to see that when you tell them the truth and you tell them the honest opinion because you want them to sincerely grow so he has his strengths i have my strengths for sure uh, we have our full-time head coach so he basically uh, runs a lot of the coaching calls or the check-ins with our clients uh, we have another coach that specifically just does like uh does group coaching calls for like our clients or high-level clients uh, we have a, a marketing person that specifically helps us out with uh, our content, posting on social media, being a little bit more strategic with our next moves. Uh, so we get together and we look at quarterly planning, like what's going to be our quarterly plan for see, you know see. this next quarter. Uh, obviously, we have our CPA as well. So you know we we are growing. And my intention, especially this next year, is to by the end of the year, I want to be completely hands off. And I want to be more of training and the leadership aspect of it, because that's something that I feel like I want to step into is becoming more of that leader. So our coaches, I want to make sure I, you know, I want to make sure they come to me when it's a big decision that I have to make or a fire. Yeah, I, I gotta, Yeah. Completely cut out, you know, and are
1: your employees yeah. um younger than you?
0: They're older than me.
1: So yeah. How, how does that go for you?
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. I feel like to a certain extent, as soon as they start working with you, you have to really set that standard and I let them know with the way I speak with the way I carry myself with the way I show up that, you know, even though I'm young, and you motherfuckers know I'm young, like I'm, I'm the leader, and I'm, I'm the one really right. leading our company. And it's interesting, like the people that we've brought on, like our coaches, they were actually students of ours. So we figured out that they developed a level of trust towards me. And That's a smart. Level it's up.
1: not a bad thing to do at all. I think uh, yeah. I was one of them taught at Gym Con. They said hire and cl- hire badass clients if you need to.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I look, I specifically look for the killers. Like one of our coaches now, he was with us for two years, and he sticked the gun to everything that i said because he was like a he was like an ex-sergeant he was an ex-sergeant in the military so he developed a mindset of like nah i don't quit yeah and i love that shit you know that's right, that's, right, a, right. that's a trait that i wanted him to bring and bring to our students whenever they're being weenies about something oh yeah content is so hard he'll be like yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> So, you know, there's, there's, there's key traits that I look for, you know, like we specifically want to bring on a sales coach specifically, but I look, I'm looking at some of the clients that I'm like, all right, this guy's developed really good at sales. So I look at their strengths and I look at their weaknesses and and I analyze them and I give them like a score, like on a skill from one through 10, like on a, on a level of skills, on a skill from one through 10, how skillful is he? And if I give him a seven, I'd be like, okay, but if I train with him, he could probably bump up to like a nine. Now yeah. he's like really good. Then I look at his level of determination in the past two years he's been working with us. Like, has he quit? Is there moments where I feel some level of weakness there? And I'll give him like a one to ten, right? And level yeah. of communication, how does he come off? And then I analyze and I say, can I help this guy just improve his scores a little bit? If the answer is yes, then he'd probably be a good addition. Because he just needs a little bit of training. Yeah. And he'll be a killer, you know?
1: What do you feel like the number one thing you look for in sales? What is it that makes somebody
0: good in sales? Man, you know what I really like? Charisma. Charisma. Mm-hmm. I love charisma, bro. Cause like if you're one dimensional, I'm like, yeah, I can I can teach you and, and you could get good. But like if a guy's naturally somewhat charismatic, yeah, I'll be like, I fuck with you. I like I like, I like the C's, <laughs>
1: man. You need those C's. You need the charisma and you need if yeah. you have the charisma and you have the conviction, it is over in front of anyone you sit in front of.
0: Over. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Just like as soon as I spoke to you, I'm like, oh, this guy's a fucking sales killer. I knew it right off the bat. <laughs> it- no. It Dude,
1: like... <laughs> uh, I remember I, I didn't even realize until my coach told me he was. I, he told me about sales, right? When this when I was uh like twenty two, he was like, "You, you used to, yeah, you, you to start doing sales." Like, and I was just like, "I've never done sales." Like, what are you talking about? Like, consultations is what he meant, right? I never had consultations in yeah. my business for like never, right? right? Once I started before I introduced this to go high ticket, he was like, "You've been selling for the last four years." What are you talking about? I guess I was like, I guess I have, you know. Um, yeah. but uh, now that we're doing high ticket. Now it's just you know we have the thirty minute consultations right. I don't do those consultations anymore, but um, uh, but yeah, bro. I think uh, everyone would always tell me the same thing when I was growing up because in school they would tell you you're you're too loud, you're doing too much. That was how I was in school, and then when I graduated, mm. I was like, man, I'm so glad I didn't let them take that one thing away from me because I thought yeah. I was annoying. I thought I was like an annoying person, and uh, if you just got a lot of energy, bro, for sure, like you said. It's going to be really, really hard to compete with somebody who has the conviction in the product and the charisma. It's it's, it's unstoppable,
0: bro. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, that's another thing we want to do at the end of the year is I want to definitely bring on, like, two more sales guys for sure. But I'm like, dude, if only I could find, like, because uh, for some reason my brand attracts a lot of Hispanics too, which is cool. You know, I get it. I'm Hispanic. I'm attracting a lot of Hispanic people. But I'm like, if I could find another Hispanic guy just like me, charismatic yeah. And not afraid of rejection. Oh, it's game over. <laughs> like, it's game over, man. Yeah, bro. It's, it's, it's probably similar. hard for
1: you, too, because, like, if they're if they're that good, they probably do their own thing, too, you know?
0: I know. It's yeah. hard to
1: find because the talent, when they have the yeah. talent, they're like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I like, get it.
0: Yeah, for man. sure, man.
1: That's right. Actually, right now, I'm in the middle of, like, a negotiating with one of my trainers because, he's bro, he's a killer, bro, and you need those killers, you know, and there just has to be a real – I feel like that's be a real um career path for them, and they're down, bro. You know. Yeah. My, I'm super open with my guy. I'm like, hey, dude, like this is the this is the this is the amount of responsibilities that I have right now. If you ever want to replace this position, here's what it would be. And he knows, like, okay, I'm not ready for all of that right now, but I want to be there, and I have to be prepared for that. So that's why I have to keep improving. Because at the end of the day, if you're not improving as an owner or somebody's leading the business, you will get replaced.
0: Like it will happen. Yep. Yep. Exactly. One thousand percent. I feel you, man. I feel like to a certain extent, it's it's like the culture that, that you want to build with a lot of these guys, you know? Because that's something that I feel like they can't find in other areas. It's like the culture or, or what you give to them. There's a, a book, the five levels of leadership, and that it was a great book. And instead, if somebody builds an emotional attachment to your brand, it's very, really hard, it's very hard for them to leave because they've developed an emotional attachment to it, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's something that I, I look for, like, especially with our head coaches. Like before I even hire them, I also look at how emotionally attached are they to the brand? Like if they feel like the perfect trainer, which is which is the name of our company, made a significant difference in their life and I could feel it. I'm like, all right, this is, this is a good thing, you know. Cause yeah. they've already developed that emotional attachment. Now, with some training, I feel like they will be killers, you know. So yeah, for sure. That's you know, crazy. Know. We also have to accept not everybody will stay with us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no, definitely.
1: I, I I that's what that's actually a big thing you just said right now. I used to try to paint people, like, you know. Like if, like with a certain image and it's like, not everyone's going to be what you aspire them to be. You can't aspire people to be with, you know, what you want them to be. They got to want it themselves, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. That got me hurt a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I try to put people in like certain situations. Like, come on, why are you not, why can't you fucking sell? Like what's going on? But like, some just don't, you know, they don't like getting, they don't like rejection. And that's going to
0: happen a lot. And that right there kills it. That kills it. Yeah, that kills it. Some people are just not cut out for it. You know, it's actually a, another thing that I've learned and I've developed as much as you help somebody and you care about them. If they're done growing, that's it. Like, there's there's nothing that you could do. Like, I feel like mentally people make that decision where, like, I'm done growing. Like, I'm happy staying here, you know? And once they're done, you can't lead them no more. Like, they're, yeah, I, they're it,
1: it, it, yeah. it is crazy because I couldn't imagine being in a position like that, but it is very, it's not unique when I've seen that too,
0: though. Yeah. Yeah. That's harsh, man. But, I feel that man for sure and I mean it's awesome to be able to speak to another Hispanic brother from another mother I feel like it's not common to see a lot of Hispanic entrepreneurs you know with that type of mentality so when I came across your IG I'm like oh man I'm saying I don't even
1: know what happened I I, I think you might have liked something I was like who's this guy I think I followed you first actually
0: yeah yeah yeah, for sure I followed you
1: because I saw the same thing I was like look at it because I actually I'm working with the agency right now and they were like uh Follow this guy, follow this guy, and then when I followed these other guys, you popped up, and I was just like, "You're in that, you're in the, you're in that niche." So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah like I said, likewise, bro. Anyone that's you know, you look young, so I was like, "Man, he's young and getting it. That's awesome, bro."
0: So hell yeah, and we're from a similar location. We gotta get a cigar night together, man. I know. Yeah, bro. Hey,
1: you know what? I've actually never smoked a cigar before, I, but like, <laughs> I've been looking to do it though. Like, I, I'm like super yeah. like drug free. I don't drink, smoke, nothing like that. Um, right, right. I feel like I'm super like, clear headed, but that is something yeah. that I look forward to doing,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. I gotta introduce it's
1: you to my partner, bro. My partner's badass, bro. Like, he's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, he's
0: yeah, actually
1: 20, he's 20, 25, he's 24, actually. He's killing it, bro. Nice, we're like, nice. so like, we run our agency together. Like, that's those are the fr- one last thing, those are the friendships you need. So, like, I lost a lot of friends last year, right? Once I started, like, once I like, got close to a million dollars, bro, I lost a lot of friends because. Every, I feel like every bracket of income requires a certain amount of time, right? So like, you're not going to be able to hang out with as many people once you get close to a million dollars. It's just not, you know, you're too busy. Okay. And yeah. uh, the only friend I did get with me from um, back home was this this guy. His name's Jose. And, you know, we ended up building an agency because we got two different skill sets. You know what I'm saying? We got complete mm-hmm. different skill sets. And that's the only way a partnership really works is if you're good at this, I'm good at that. And, uh, yeah, bro, so, like, we started this agency, and we're killing it,
0: bro. I like it. Hell yeah! So I'm talking about. We gotta get together. But definitely, it's interesting because there's. I created something it's called cigar nights because I, I don't really, I don't really like to drink. Like it's rare, and when I do have like a drink, it's not like I'm gonna do it to get drunk. But I do it with like I call them my brothers. Like if I yeah. do go out and drink or we have a good time, it's like I only do it with people that I work with, I make money with, or people that I actually consider my brothers because then it feels more like a a celebration. I'm
1: about to say right there, so that's yeah. very important, bro. We. Yeah call it monk mode right Iman Ghazi, monk mode we don't go out until we have a certain quarter that's been met like for example i personally go to raves i like to rave i love like techno we don't go to an event unless we hit like for example right now we have a goal of getting 10 new clients by the time this event comes up like mm-hmm. 10 new clients if we don't get 10 new clients we're not going yeah, yeah that way yeah. when you're when you because like it feels so much better bro like because you gotta let your hair down right you can't just be stuck yep. in work mode all the time but set goals like anybody listening to this when you set goals like like, set a real fucking goal. Like, I'm gonna, if I get 10 clients, I can go to the club after this. And yep. it just feels like a celebration, bro, you know? And you're absolutely you hit it spot on. Like, it makes you want to get back to work, actually.
0: Yep, yep. You're more inspired after that, you know? Exactly, bro. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing that I like about cigars is that I don't feel, like, messed up the next day. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm still chilling. Versus, like, you smoke weed, you're like, Ugh. that's why, like, I quit mean, that shit years ago, man. I'm like, I'm over that shit but
1: you know no way yeah that's all bad that that shit literally slows you down (laughs) yeah
0: can be slow especially at these levels that we're in oh yeah no but you need the
1: charisma it literally kills your charisma bro it does it does
0: yep Yep, one thousand percent hey so what
1: are you still into like heavy into fitness you still work out a lot
0: yeah man i know with this shirt you can't see my gains baby but i was just on your instagram that's why i
1: I feel like that's important bro like because i i've made the money and not been in shape before and it didn't feel good Mm. i like got been there i've been there bro where like i just fully went in on business i didn't i didn't care what i was eating and i was probably actually i would argue that that was one of my best years in income but bro like it wasn't a good feeling and uh feel to anyone out there i feel like you you just you must you must like what you see in the mirror and yeah. for me that's a six-pack with abs that's me you don't have to have a six-pack in abs but like getting money without the body is not it either bro
0: yep you gotta be in shape I agree with you. Health is wealth, my friend. Well, we'll definitely wrap this one up. One last message to our crowd. If they're listening to this, they they love it. You know what I'm saying? And let's just say maybe they're in the building phase and they feel like they got to break that glass ceiling. What's the number one message you're going to give a, a young man listening to this podcast right now?
1: I would say new distractions kill. New distractions kill. The thing that you are working on right now, it's not working because you haven't done it for long enough. Keep doing the thing. Because better is better. Doing new shit is not better. Doing something you've been doing for a while and just get better at it. Like I said, your income is directly correlated with how well you know how to solve a problem. Whether you're trying to solve fat loss problems, whether you're trying to solve you know getting some more customers, whether you're trying to solve you know, fucking drug addiction, the problem that you are solving, the better that you are solving that problem, you will get paid more. Simple.
0: Keep doing the same thing. Hell yeah. Let's go, brother. Amazing. And if somebody wants to find you on social media, they want to check out what you do, uh, where could they find you? You guys can go over to my Instagram page. It's P3 underscore aesthetics. You guys can go over to my landing
1: page and uh, you'll see uh, you have a link right there. You can actually jump on a call with me, a 30-minute call. i give you a free business analyzation. So I'll tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. It doesn't matter what you do. Personal trainer, You know, gym owner, just a regular entrepreneur. It doesn't matter, freelancer. But yeah, you can connect with me if you want to. We have a, a podcast called Capital Talk Podcast. But we talk about self development and delaying gratification as well. So yeah, brother. And we also run an agency. So whatever you guys need work with, just
0: go to my page, man. You got us. Oh yeah, let's go. One last word: Hispanic power, baby. Let's get That's it. That's right, baby. <laughs> For sure, brother. All right, guys. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. You